Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Built Bar today. You guys know about Built Bar. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Make sure you go to the website at BuiltBar.com to make sure you get 15% off your next order. I am joined today by Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on today, sir? Not much. You know, uh, we're doing questions for the first time in a long time. And I uh, very, very overconfidently uh, said that I didn't need you to send me the questions beforehand. I answered them live. And now I'm I'm kind of regretting that because uh, it's been a long time. I haven't flexed that muscle in a while. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to get thrown right back into the mix of this. And I hope uh, I hope it, uh, you guys are fair and, and kind to me. No, we've got some really, really good questions. And I want to start with a question from Mark. Uh, he says, who was the better prospect coming into the NFL and out of the draft, Chidibe Owuzie or Kelvin Joseph? And would you consider Joseph a downgrade from what we saw last year from Owuzie? So uh, remember, the mm. Cowboys took Owuzie in the, in the second round of the 2017 draft. They took Joseph, obviously, in the second round of this year's draft. Who do you think is the better prospect, Landon? Hmm. That's a tough question, honestly, because I think Chidobe is, it was probably a little bit of a safer pick. I would say just because he's kind of clean off the field. He's a guy who produced on the ball a lot Mm -hmm. in in college football. Uh, His athleticism profile is one that, you know, obviously is in line with what you expect from a starting corner in the NFL. I think Joseph has a lot of that, but obviously with the kind of concerns with, you know, changing teams and the coaching stuff, that kind of knocks him down. I think if you're asking me who has the better talent to come into this defense and play well, I think maybe Joseph, just because I think he's more of a uh, – if we're talking about prospects, right, I, I think he has more upside there. I think he has uh, a little bit further to grow. Uh, I think what we found with, with – and, and you know, part of this is obviously hindsight, having been with Chidobe before. Uh, I think what we found is that Chidobe came out as kind of a more finished product. You know, was, was, had started a lot of games already in college football and, and kind of was who he was. So I would say that Joseph might be a little bit of, the, of a better prospect just because I think you're going to have a little bit more upside there. Uh, but I, I think Chidobe comes in, came into – uh, the situation maybe with a, a higher floor for his career just because, you know, you, he checks a lot of boxes. It's really interesting to kind of go back and think about a Wuzier now because you're right. The production was phenomenal. And that's one of the reasons why we liked him so much is he had so many pass deflections uh, and played a bunch of games at Colorado. But you go back and you think about Wuzier, we weren't sure early on, is he a safety? Is he a yeah. corner? Is he a slot corner? Because we really didn't know, right? During his rookie year, he played a lot inside, and he even played yeah. some strong safety. And I think a part of that was because he just doesn't have very long arms. Like he, I, I'm, I'm looking at it now. He had 30-and-a-half-inch arms, which is like in the 23rd percentile for outside cornerbacks. Yeah. So he just wasn't very long, and he did flip back between positions. And then there's Joseph, who – 
extremely athletic, extremely long, comes from the SEC, comes from, you know, you can watch him against Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and all these great receivers. Uh, so the, you know, the college part of it, I would almost say is better, but he only has nine starts. So it, it really is a fascinating kind of back and forth between these two guys. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're looking, you can probably find, you know, uh, uh, better individual games of tape for Joseph, right? Because he went against guys that are, uh, you know, NFL receivers all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in Colorado, obviously, Chidobe didn't see that same level of, of receiver, but he has a, lar- a much larger volume of, of yeah. record, yep. right? But But again, going back to your point, some of that was at safety. And I think that the funny thing is, is that if you look back at – uh, uh, his career with the Cowboys, I, I think without a doubt, the the reason he doesn't didn't get resigned, the reason that you know he isn't considered to be a guy that the Cowboys were making a priority to come back, was because he continually and he he just never got any better seemingly at finding the football when his back is turned to the quarterback. When yeah. He's in man coverage. He'd get up downfield and he just couldn't make the play down the field if it was there. He would get really close. Uh, and sometimes he would knock it away, but but he really struggled to find the football. I, I think you know which, I, which probably preceded his move to safety in Colorado. And I think for us, Joseph is much better at that. So I, I think if we're talking about who's a better fit, you know, uh, even now if you were to draft, if they were both in the same draft class and we're considering for our current defense, I think Joseph is a much better fit than than Chidobe is. I will say, I, I wish. Awuzie got to play in more of a zone-heavy defense just because I do think he's pretty good when he can see it, right? Yeah. It's just when he doesn't know where the ball is at, he just has a hard time locating it. Because yep. I remember as a rookie, Landon, like I think it was a game against Washington on a Thursday night. It was one of his best games I think I've ever seen him play. Like driving on the football, knocking the ball out of you know receivers' hands. And then when they put him on the outside, he just never could get back to that level. He would have games where he looked good. But it was never. I don't think he ever took the step that many of us were hoping that he would make. So, and he I would. Think, he never get burned, dude. No, it, was, no, it, was, no. it was always the case that he was right there and then just cannot finish the play over and over. And it's just we saw it so well, much over the years. And to be fair, Landon, that's just kind of what a number two cornerback is in the NFL, right? Like if you can stick so. with your guy uh, and you create turnovers, okay, now you're a number one corner. But if you can't, you kind of get labeled as that number two. And I just don't think. I don't think the Cowboys are ever planned on paying that guy elite money. So yeah. they moved on. I think Joseph is going to be fine, but that's a, it's a good question for Mark. Uh, let's yep. take a quick break so I can tell you guys about bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pi- next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure you're using that promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, this next question comes from JJ. What are your opinions on Mike McCarthy after one season? Uh, what are some things that he did well last year? And what are some things that he can improve on? 
You know, I, it's tough. Like this is again using last year as kind of any kind of measuring stick for anything is just very difficult. Yeah. It was a it's just a wash of a season. Um, I you know I think what the, some of the things that we can kind of look at are in game decision making. Um, you know, uh, things like uh, metrics towards going for it on fourth down, you know, mm-hmm. play calling on third. I think a lot of that stuff I'm happy with. I'm, I'm, Very I'm, happy. I'm yeah. sort of satisfied with with a, with a lot of his choices in game. Uh, I think he would, was not afraid to play aggressive. Uh, he certainly understood that when there was nothing to lose, there's nothing to lose. <laughs> and I think that that's, you know, certainly more than you can say about some of the coaching staffs previous to this is that, uh, when when they have you know nowhere left to go but up, they they don't have a problem, you know, trying an onside kick at at, at halftime or you know tr- trying to make something happen uh, with special teams or uh, going for it on fourth down when when other teams may not. So uh, I think there's part of that that the aggressiveness that I I do like. I think as far as you know building a program and 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 building a roster and you know just kind of creating team unity. I think people that are are uh, you know kind of have written the book on on McCarthy already after once I mean first of all you shouldn't do it just after one season second of all this the season was so out of whack it's so just a terrible sample size that it's hard to kind of get an idea of exactly what I mean we haven't even seen what a, what a McCarthy training camp looks like we haven't seen like what a McCarthy normal OTAs look like so. I think it's hard to like, you know, kind of get a full read on how he is as a head coach at, for the Cowboys, right? Because like the idea that he cha- may have changed things since he's left Green Bay, I think we at least need one, uh, at least one full off season uh, before I'm ready to kind of like fully render a judgment on how McCarthy has been. I, I would say, you know, let's get through this off season. And then I, I honestly think we should get through this off season and next season. And then I think we'll all have a much better idea of exactly what kind of coach Mike McCarthy is. Oh, I got muted. There you go. We're back. We're yeah, back. We're back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would say, but we need one more. So we need one more off season, yeah. one more regular season. Right. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? Um, don't let your star quarterback get hurt in week five. That would help. That, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if he planned for that, but yeah, like, he should not plan for it this year if possible. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, the injuries just derailed everything last year. And then on top of that, it was a COVID year where we had guys missing games because of COVID. Yeah. We had uh, a shortened training camp. Um, just, I, it was a weird year. And I think, I think you're right. I think we need at least two full seasons to make any, before we make any kind of conclusion on Mike McCarthy, yeah. because just, just, it, I, I don't know. I still like him. I, I still like, like you mentioned the in-game, you know, being aggressive, some of the, you know, going in on fourth down, the pass run ratio, even despite yep. a terrible offensive line and terrible quarterback. I really like, so I'm actually encouraged from what we saw last year. Uh, and I, I like that he's willing to, to bring on guys like Dan Quinn to help, solve the defense right he fired mike nolan after one year well i think he fired either jerry jones and stephen jones fired him or he did but they're willing to make changes to, to to better the team so i am i am excited uh let's get to some more questions Landon. this one from joshua uh do we envision tony pollard having a different role in mike mccarthy's offense in year two uh, I don't. I don't know that it'll be different. I, I think what what we'll see is kind of how much of an extension it was of last season, you know, and how. Mm. I, I, honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with what kind of Zeke we get this year. You know, I think 
looking back, the COVID stuff really affected him more than I think we were led to believe. I agree. Uh, I think he really struggled early on, and he it kind of evened out a lot more by the end of the season when it didn't matter anymore. Yep. Um, so I, I wonder if that is you know that kind of split that they were doing with with Pollard at you know in the middle part of the last year where it was almost. I mean, it's almost a 50-50 split. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I wonder if that isn't something that may kind of go back to the uh, uh, something to the years previous when Zeke was getting a, a larger care uh, share of the of the carries, uh, and, and and Pollard is kind of used as you know a, a mix up. They'll they'll have packages for him. Uh, he'll definitely get X amount of carries each game. They definitely will will try to get him the football, but maybe not like a full split. Like we were seeing at different points last year. I would also say, I think, I don't think last year was a great judge of to see how they're going to use Zeke and Pollard, because I think they had to keep Pollard or excuse me. I think they had to keep Zeke on the field a lot because the offensive line was so bad. Right. And because you had so many different quarterbacks kind of coming in and coming out, you needed the guy that was more reliable and pass protection back there. And that's just Ezekiel Elliott. So, if the offensive line is healthier, which we imagine that it will be, because I don't think it can be any less healthy than it was last year. And then you've got your quarterback back there. Who's a little bit more mobile than Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci. I think maybe you will see some more of Tony Pollard. So I, I would not, I would not worry about it. I think we'll see some touches go up for Tony Pollard. Uh, I'll just add real quick that I, I think that there was a certain point where you started to see the diminishing returns on the more carries you got with Pollard. It felt like oh, he was a more. We don't need to do this today. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, we'll do this another time. But I think no, I'm there, saying, was some... I, there was a. Okay, so you're talking about the San Francisco game because he was somewhat inefficient in the first half, right? No, I, I'm not talking about anything in particular. I, okay. I, I, I mean, certainly. I, yes, maybe that's one of the games I'm talking about, but it wasn't just it wasn't just that. I felt like there was a a point when he he got more carries than it was. It, it, you started to lose efficiency. Is, that's all I'll say. Okay, we'll we'll save that for a different day because I don't think that's the case at all. But okay. All right, okay. let's talk. All right, uh, uh, let's uh, let's answer another question. This one comes from Tyler. Uh, he wants to know about the tight end position. Is Blake is it Blake Jarwin's spot as the tight end one? Or does he have to beat out Dalton Schultz? What should we expect from the Cowboys' tight end uh, position? Did Schultz do enough to make this maybe a low-key tight end battle in training camp? I don't know that he did enough to do that, but I think he did enough to make you consider running more 12 package uh, personnel than you probably would normally. Um, You know, I think you look at the wide receiver court, the the Cowboys have uh, it's, it's pretty difficult argument to take one of those guys off the field. But after what Schultz showed you last year, I think the argument can be made. Um, So I I think, you know, there's there's definitely a. I would not be surprised if we saw packages where Schultz was on the field and Jarwin was not. Let me me ask you this, like in 11 personnel, three receivers, one running mm -hmm. back, which Mm -hmm. tight end would you rather have on the field with that group, Schultz or Jarwin? Uh, Jarwin. I mean, I think I think if he is close to what we saw previous to the last year, See, it's I, close I think- to me though because Schultz is so much better of a blocker that I, yeah. I, I listen. And I get that Jarwin's a better receiver; he's more dangerous after the catch. But the trade off in blocking is so drastic that I'm I might be leading Schultz honestly, Landon. I really might be. 
Well, I, I think that there's a, certainly an argument to be made that they should be uh, rotating the 11 personnel uh, snaps. Like, I don't think that Jarwin needs to be the tight end every single 11 personnel snap. Um, but I do think that Jarwin is the starter and should get the majority of those snaps. Uh, and, and But along those lines, I don't think you're just treating Schultz as – uh, a tight end two that you're putting on the field because you want to play 12 personnel. I think yeah. Schultz is a guy that you may want to actually try to get on the field to get reps because I think he can do some things for you. Yeah, I just think if you want to run the ball out of 11 personnel, like on first and second down, I just think I'd rather have Schultz in there. But if it's a third and eight, I, I'd rather have Jarwin. So I think it might be a little bit dependent on the situation yeah, and maybe totally. the opponent. Uh, maybe if you're going against smaller linebackers, maybe you'll be better off to have somebody like Jarwin who can make plays down the field. Uh, maybe there's certain situations where Schultz is the better play. So uh, I, I do think Schultz, as you mentioned, I think he's warrant more snaps. We'll see if he takes away from Jarwin when they're both healthy. Uh, let's take one more quick break, Landon, so I can tell you guys about Rock Auto. Uh, you guys know about Rock Auto. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers for over 20 years online. They have for everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, a couple more questions, Landon. Uh, this is a really, really good one on Michael Gallup. It comes from Brady. What's the ideal situation for Gallup this year? Do they trade him? Do they sign him? Do they let him walk and get a compensatory pick? What do you think is the best way this plays out for Dallas? For Dallas or for Michael? <laughs> because that's that may be two well, different things. Like, let's say for Dallas. For Dallas, I think, you know, along the lines of what he has been doing previously, I think he cut, he's your second slash third wide receiver. I think that is probably something that we'll have a conversation about at training mm -hmm. camp. Um I think that he's a guy that is going to be the majority uh, of your deep threat. Uh, I think he is the guy that that they've kind of determined as the as the the nine nine ball guy. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see his his role expand a little bit this year. See him more in the slot than we had previously, uh, as they attempt to move uh, CD Lamb around a little bit more than they had last year. Um, but I, I would imagine that his role is mostly the same as it has been these last few years where he's an outside receiver. He's the guy that you're sending uh, uh, deep on a lot of these uh, on a lot of these route concepts in order to kind of open things underneath for guys like Cooper and, and CD lamb. Uh, and I think that he uh, and he thrives in that kind of role. He, he thrives as, as a kind of deep threat. I, I just think that there is a, a likelihood that you'll see a little bit more uh, of the, of, you know, kind of moving around a little bit more of that kind of sprinkled in as he uh, expands his his uh, receiver capabilities. And, and I think, you know, just to kind of showcase his talents a little bit uh, uh, before he becomes a free agent, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in an opera, uh, in a in a world where they're trying to get CD to move around a little bit more to, to get him uh, better matchups that you, you obviously have to uh, compensate with that by moving a guy like Gallup. And so that he'll see snaps inside. He'll see snaps at the X. He'll yep. see snaps at the Z as well. 
All right. What about next year? Like what's the, the contract way do they play out? Because if you're looking around the league, a lot of those receivers that were anticipating getting 14, 15, $16 million a year didn't get that. And uh, they had to settle for cheaper deals like Juju Smith-Schuster, $8 million a year. And then there's guys like Curtis Samuel and Nelson Aguilar that got $11, $12 million a year, which no. still is weird to me. Uh, how, do, how, how do you anticipate this playing out? Do you think the Cowboys will offer him anything close to that? Do you think he'll eventually leave? Uh, what do you see happening here? It's tough to say. I mean, the, the wide receiver market, especially after last year, is just bonkers. It's just yeah. all over the place. And I don't really understand. I can't really get a good grip on it because – you know, you, you see the contracts that you just talked about. You see some of these other players not getting those contracts. And then the, the third element of that is you've now had, what, three consecutive wide receiver draft classes that have been – what have been quoted as once in a decade wide receiver draft classes, you know? So uh, there's a ton of, of stock. If you're going to look at it from a, uh, uh, you know, a stock perspective, uh, it, it, the, 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 the amount of stuff that you, there's amount of t- players that you can go out and get uh, uh, the supply and demand aspect is way out of whack. So I, I kind of feel like there is a, an opportunity for the Cowboys to approach Gallup and say, Hey, do you like playing here? Can we get you on kind of a, a, a team friendly deal that you know maybe it's a little bit less money than you might make in the free agent market, but then again, maybe it's not. Yeah, and, it's and, not. and and yep. and and maybe they provide you security and a place that you like with a quarterback you like. I mean, I honestly, if I'm a wide receiver right now and I'm looking at the way the market is changing and and that the 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 supply in the market is getting crazy crazy high and the, the, the kind yeah. of wide receivers that are getting to the free agency nowadays is just nuts i may take a deal uh that isn't you know market value just to get some stability because it's good money either way yeah and yeah. Uh, and and if you like the situation you're in it, it might be worth it to just kind of take a slightly lesser deal than dealing with the free agency where you may not come out any better than what the cowboys offered you up front it's gonna be really interesting because i do think there's a number that I would have in mind that I think makes a lot of sense yeah. for Michael Gallup and anything past that he's your third receiver, probably in 2022 because you're assuming that CD lamb continues to improve that position is not completely unreplaceable. So you can draft no. the guy, but man, it's, it's going to be hard for Gallup. Like do you take eight or $9 million for the next two or three years from Dallas or do you take, 13 from the Detroit Lions and go play with Jared Goff for two years as the number one receiver on a team that's never going to have a primetime game other than Thanksgiving. I mean, I mean, I'm not just sorry. I didn't mean to just dump on Lions fans, but <laughs> wow. Well, but I'm saying that, that's no. Those are legit options, right? I yep. mean, that's, those are those are probably like his choices, and it's going to be really interesting because I think in Dallas, I think he can put up a thousand yards every single year pretty effortlessly like he's going to be going against the third best corner probably go play in a bunch of big games go go get some money or go on a team and be the number one receiver and get paid a little bit more but have a much harder go of it i i I don't know what the plan is going to be i'm really curious to see how it works out because he's a really talented player that's a a good great fit in kellen moore's offense i'm just i'm curious to see what the cowboys are going to do yeah there's a chance that he could make more money 
you know, through endorsements, through sure. the, the the full accoutrement of what of what it is to be a cowboy, right? There's a chance that he could make more money as a th- third wide receiver for the Cowboys <clears throat> than he does being a first uh, number one wide receiver for a team that doesn't yes. get highlighted as much, that doesn't get to give him the opportunities that he will get here in Dallas. Let me give you a perfect example. Tyrell Williams was in the same Michael Gallup role for the for the Los Angeles Chargers for years, right? He was playing opposite of Keenan Allen and Mike Mike Williams. Uh, He goes to the Raiders basically searching for that number one money. He gets it. He got $11 million that first year, and he got cut after a year, and now he signed a vet minimum contract with Detroit. If he would have just stayed with the Chargers and played as that third receiver and kept cashing, let's say, seven, eight million million checks a year, I guarantee you he's still on that team and he's still bringing in the money. So I I, I think that's a, a cautionary tale of like, don't go too far above what you are, right? Alvin Harper is the best example of this, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and now, I mean, Alvin Harper may be better, right? Because uh, now imagine that the Chargers were the number one recognizable sports brand in the entire sure. world. Like that's right. that's the other aspect yeah. of this is that you, you know we don't we don't talk about it specifically, but Jerry Jones is going to help you get your money. Can I, can well, I maybe not from him? What about Laurent Robinson? Isn't that a perfect yeah, example? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's better than Laurent Robinson. He, he's yeah. better than oh, Laurent yeah. Robinson, without a doubt. Oh, it's definitely, just, definitely. But it's one of those things where he left a good situation, not a good, a great situation to get great money. It only lasted a year in Jacksonville and you're out of the league, right? Because yeah. that's just how fast things can change for receivers in this league. If you have a year or two bad years, you can be out in no time. If you aren't elite, it might be worth it just to take the solid money that in the guarantee, you know, maybe not guaranteed, but the more guaranteed job where you, you know, the bar is less less for you. That might be worth it for you. Staying attached to a really good quarterback in a really good offense is always a smart thing to do, even if it means taking a little bit less money because ultimately it will work out. Uh, last question. This one comes from Lucas, and we actually got asked this a couple different times. Who do you guys expect to be the starting left guard this year? Uh, I think both you and I would be shocked if it's not Connor Williams, correct? Yeah, I, I think people are underrate Connor Williams. To, he was to good the last year. He, yeah, he was. I mean, I mean, he was really good last year, and he was <laughs> was the only guy who I think played every single game on the offensive yep. line. So, uh, yeah, I think last year. This is what I'll say about last year's offensive line debacle. The, the only bright side out of it is look at all the experience these guys got. Connor Williams included. He just played 16 games where he was the best offensive lineman in 14 of them. That's ridiculous. Well, he, I, no, 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 no. Zach, Zach, Zach Martin yeah, played more games than the that. The second but, best one. But, but, but I mean, so, so, who yeah. he played next to all, all season yeah. long, right? It was just a, yeah. a turnstile at the left. He had a rookie center on the right who also missed games. I mean, so now he, he's the guy having to make those guys, those, the guys right, better, right. right? As opposed to, to Travis Frederick and, and Tyra Smith making him better so I think he learned a ton last year I think he played really well for the most part uh, you know considering what was around him uh and I again it it kind of going back to like McGovern and Steele and and Knight the only good news about last year is that those guys got all all got snaps last year so they have now the kind of experience that they could take into the offseason uh and, and learn a lot from we should feel much better about the Cowboys offensive line going into this year, despite the injuries from last year, because Tyler Biotish got some snaps. Cause remember yep. this time last year, we thought we were hoping that Biotish would see the field at some point over Joe Looney. He, he did and played pretty well. Connor Williams got better. Uh, we got to see Connor McGovern at this time last year. We never even got to see Connor McGovern take a snap in a practice, let alone yep. a game. So yep. I, I, I do feel much better about the overall depth of the, of the offensive line 
compared to what we saw last year. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on YouTube. You can watch us on WFAA. Uh, you can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.